welcome to the Bold Platform Podcast. My name is Adrienne and I am the host of this podcast. The podcast was created in early 2009 as a way of giving women and girls from around Australia a platform on which they can share their story um, about the amazing work that they're doing in the community. So all of the guests on the show have either worked on a one-off or an ongoing project that's somehow leaving uh, a group within their community a little bit better than how they found it. So it's a really beautiful way for us to share these women's stories and to support um, the work that they're doing in their community. So today I'm joined by Beck from Military Wife Life, who's going to share a little bit about what they do. So welcome, Beck. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm excited to be on. A little bit nervous, actually, being on this side of the microphone yeah so as a fellow podcaster this is a bit of a um a bit of a role reversal so thank you so much and um I'm really looking forward to learning more about what um what you do for women and families that are in a similar situation so let's get straight into it I'd love um, for you to share with me and the listeners about what military wife life is and how it all got started okay well I'm I'm Beck and I'm a mom and a wife and I like to throw this one in. I'm a self-confessed cheese addict. Um, <laughs> hand up if anyone else likes cheese. We can be friends. That's totally fine. <laughs> Yay. You're not dairy-free then. Awesome. Yeah. Um, but I'm, I'm always a little bit hesitant other than the, the aside from the cheese addiction, I'm a bit hesitant to start off introductions like that only because aside from those things, I'm I'm so much more than that. Those things are important and definitely have an impact and shape you in certain ways. But I'm a person outside of being a mum and, and a wife and I guess the importance of acknowledging that not only for myself but for others is one of the core values behind the community that I started. Uh, along with those things, I'm a military spouse. My husband is in the Navy and he's been in for 20 years and because wow. of that, I know it makes me sound really old, but we got together when I was really young. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, But because of um, my background of being a military spouse and my husband being in the Navy, um, my passion, I would say, and now my purpose is my community, which, as you mentioned, is military wife life, which was born from basically my experience of being a military spouse and all that the lifestyle entails, really. Okay. And so it is an online community, is that right? Yeah. So um, I wanted to create an online community that people could um, basically be a part of from anywhere in the country or the world because with military life you're posted to anywhere in Australia and sometimes overseas and right. I wanted people to be able to access it. Um, when you become a military spouse, it's kind of like when you become a parent, you you don't get given a manual, you just have to kind of feel your way through and the the difference with being a military spouse is that you're feeling your way through after you've moved away from your friends and family and your partner is sometimes away as well when you're trying to establish yourself in a new area and um, communication with them is often restricted. So you're kind of just like out on your own. You move every couple of years, you're looking for a new job, a new doctor and the essentials like a, you know, a hairdresser, which is really important. Mm -hmm. And sometimes or a lot of the time you just feel like you're lost or basically like you're alone, you're isolated, you kind of just want someone to say, I get it, um, and that it's hard and that you're doing a great job. And I found that even those people closest to you, they just don't get it. They just can't get it. Mm. Um, unless you live the life of a spouse, you're just never going to get it. And that's okay, but I wanted to bring together people who did get it, and that's, I guess, where Military Wife Life came from. 
So when you first had the idea, what was the first action? Did you like chat about it with other um, families in the same situation or you just, you know, jumped on Facebook and started up the group? Like what were some of the things that you thought um, you would do in terms of those first actions? Yeah. So I, I guess I've known for a few years that I've wanted to start something. I just didn't know what it was going to be. Um, but I just had that feeling inside that I, I have to do something, but I was just waiting for the, I guess, the opportunity or the idea to present itself. And what I found is I would walk away from conversations or catch-ups or debriefs with other military spouses, just feeling like a weight was lifted Mm. and feeling like, oh, finally someone gets me and they're going through the same thing as me and we can commiserate or celebrate or give each other advice and we're better for it. And from that, every time I'd walk away from those interactions or conversations or meetups, I would think, what if there are other military spouses out there that don't have this? Because um, I know what it's like when you don't have that. Um, when I was first a military spouse, I I was trying to stay in my world, which was my career is not defence. And I was trying to stay in that world as much as possible because I was just thinking, well, my husband's in the military, but that's not me. But in the end, it really does take over not all of your life, but you kind of have to invite it in and be okay with it. Mm. Um, And when I did that and I, you know, became friends with other spouses, it was just life-changing. Like I was no longer feeling like I was alone. I was no longer sitting at home with no friends. I opened myself up to um, that community and it paid off big time. But then I thought back to when I hadn't and I was having all those feelings and feeling disconnected and feeling like, how much longer can I live this life? Is my marriage going to survive if I keep going like this? So I just kind of had to bite the bullet and embrace military life and spouse life. And when I did, it was um, a totally different experience and a positive experience. But then I would also then remind myself about how how it felt when I wasn't having that positive experience. And mm. I really wanted to do something for those people that um, were like me 10 years ago, um, feeling stuck, feeling like maybe this life wasn't for them and maybe yeah. their marriage wouldn't survive it. So I basically started off with the Instagram and the Facebook pages. Mm-hmm. And um, I quickly realized that people were craving it. Um, And what I started doing was just telling it how it was, Um, just telling people that, yep, it sucks sometimes and um, it's not fair that my career is on hold because my husband's is the focus or it's not fair that he goes away and I'm dealing with a two-year-old and a five-year-old and how much longer can I do this with no sleep and it's it's not fair. Like, um, And I, I guess sometimes we're hesitant as military spouses to to put our hand up and say that it's not fair because we've just always gotten on with it. It's mm-hmm. the life that we chose, but, um, you know, you just never know what you're getting into until you're in the thick of it. It's like parenthood. You don't know what you're getting into until, you know, you're committed, <laughs> you're doing it. Yeah. You've been married for 10 years and then you're like, oh, okay, this is not what I expected. So and yes. I can imagine that, you know, as much as you can chat with other people and they can prepare you, as you said, it's like, you know, having a family or moving to a new place, starting a new job. It's like once you're actually in it and living it, that's on, it's only then that you can go, okay, well, this is for me or, or this isn't for me. 
That's right. You, you just, um, I guess my outlook was, okay, I've, I've, I've lived this life and I've, um, I've tried to fight it as much as possible. And that was a negative experience. So how can I embrace it and have a positive experience? And now that I have done that, I really just want to show other people how to embrace it. Um, stop fighting it and just let it into your life. But let's do it in a constructive way. But that doesn't mean that you, you can't complain about it. You can totally complain about it. Like we, we all feel the same way when, you know, um, your husband gets called away for work and that girl's weekend that you've been planning for a year has to get canceled. Like you just don't have an option. You're, you're fam, you're often away from your family. Mm. Um, you often sometimes don't have close friends that you can call on. Like it's just, um, it's just the lifestyle, but it's okay to put your hand up and say, it sucks. Um, but let's do it in a constructive way and move forward from that and embrace it and have each other's backs and um, be able to vent in a constructive way, I guess. And do you find that um, the women in the group are all in that similar position of feeling like it's not appropriate for them to um, maybe vent or uh, not complain, but vent with other women because of the situations that their husbands could potentially be in, in terms of they're out there, you know, potentially risking their lives. Is it almost like, well, you know, we shouldn't really complain because, you know, relative to where our husbands are, we've got it pretty good. That's right. I mean, um, and even I guess coming from the perspective of, well, my husband was only deployed for four months, so mm-hmm. I shouldn't be complaining because someone else's husband was yes. away for nine months. Or, you know, my husband just does a desk job, but he is at the beck and call of defence and needs to go away whenever he needs to. And we move every two to three years, but he's got a desk job. So, you know, I don't have it that hard. But mm. when you put it in perspective and you step away and think, well, but normal couples don't that aren't in defence don't have those extra pressures. So it, it, it actually is okay for you to say that um, I'm having a hard time coming to terms with the fact that I a lot of the time don't have control of my life. I don't have um, the choice to be able to say, no, we're not moving there or, you know, I've just made a friend, I don't want to move to another mm-hmm. area or, um, you know, even things like um, when you have a child that's sick like I have recently you you really get to realize how alone you are when mm. you don't have family around you don't have often your friends that you have in the area they have kids themselves so it's not like you can you know shaft your sick kid off to them so mm. it's up to you and currently my husband is away and when he's not away he lives 3 hours away so i am it so just having that choice and those options taken away from you is sometimes overwhelming and it can really get you down if you, um, if you let it and it can sort of spiral into um, thinking negatively about defence life and, mm-hmm. and um, the way it all works and not having that control, I guess, in your life. So what is life like when your partner is both home and um, away? Now, I had assumed that when he was home, he was home. But from what you're saying, he's still living three hours away from you, even when he is home in air quotes. Yeah, I guess um, we made the decision to go member 
um, unaccompanied, which uh, means I've decided to stay in the one location um, while my husband moves to a posting. So we decided to live on the south coast of New South Wales mm-hmm. um, because with his job, um, a lot of the postings are either in Canberra or Sydney, which is only three hours one way or three hours the other way. So right. we decided for our kid, like once we had kids mm. um, and I've got my own business, um, and we've got a really good support network established here now and um, one of our girls has started school and preschool and all that sort of stuff, mm. um, that it was actually more beneficial for us to stay in the one location and my husband to come home on weekends and especially because at the, mo- at the moment his posting is to a ship so whenever the ship goes away, he goes away and in the last year and a half he's actually been gone a year. So if we were to move with him, there really would have been no point in us taking us away from our support network and yeah. our established friends and um, our home and um, everything we know um, to be in a place where he's actually going to be gone from for, yeah. a, for quite a bit. So, And that ends up being the situation with a lot of families because in order to have that consistency with schooling and things like that, um, a lot of people do end up doing that. And even interstate, they, do, they um, will live interstate from them if it means that they're closer to their support network because that's just what they've got to do to be able to get through, I guess. Um, if your partner's away and you need that support, um, it's often, often a better option for, I guess, for your mental health as well. Like it's And a, add having, you know, a young family and needing to be close to schools and preschools and, um, you know, sporting facilities and things like that, I guess you would be limited in the um, – facilities that are in those locations where they may be posted um yeah it, i mean it just depends on what job they do whether they're <laughs> army navy air force like mm-hmm. there's different um areas that they get posted we don't um with my husband's job don't really get posted to the very regional like this is a regional area but we still have um all the main facilities and things yeah. like that to make use of but some people do get posted to um smaller areas that yeah they are restricted with things like that. And and then also you've got the issue of then being um, like us, we're three hours away from an airport. So in order to be able to travel to see family and friends, you've got to first drive three hours to the airport and then fly somewhere. <laughs> um, so it's even having access to your family and friends um, is often really hard as well. Mm. So what what is sort of your day-to-day life look like when your partner is both home and away? Um, so I kind of, what I kind of have to do is just pretend like I don't have a partner and I just Mm -hmm. kind of, um, have to keep things as normal as possible for the girls, like keep the routine. So Mm -hmm. we kind of just have our own routine and if he's home, that's great. And if he's not, then we still get on with life. We still go to, you know, soccer on Saturday mornings and, um, I still, um, have my business during the week and, like my, one of my daughters goes to school. Um, the other one goes to family daycare and now preschool as well. And um, yeah, so I guess when he's away, um, we just try to keep ourselves busy on weekends and like by organizing catch ups or, you know, we might have an outing to a park or something like that and a picnic just to get us out of the house and make sure that we're um, not just sitting at home wallowing, which can easily be done. But I I just make sure I'm just on top of you know, scheduling things in because you know, things don't just happen when you're at home solo parenting. You've got to like, you know, organize things. <laughs> yeah. And when he's home, it's like 
fit in with our schedule. This is what we're doing. That's right. When he's home, he kind of, um, yeah, just has to go with whatever is organized. Like um, I don't sort of change anything around when he's home. It obviously makes things a little bit easier for me. He can Mm. do the lawns and um, can get up to any of the girls, like if the girls are up in the middle of the night or um, when they wake up early for breakfast um, on weekends, he can do that and I can have a little bit of a sleep in. But Mm. um, yeah, I guess for the last couple of years while he's been living away during the week and uh, been away, we've just, I've just kind of had to get on with it and um, not worry about whether he's home or not. And if he is, it's a bonus, I guess. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit more about the military wife life um, project. What kind of support do you offer to the, the um, families that are following along with your pages? Yeah, so um, after I started the Facebook and the Instagram pages, um, I realised that uh, people were really craving a community that they could be real and raw and um, honest in, but also, I guess, um, get some insight into other people's lives and how they cope with military life. So um, I obviously started the podcast and the podcast was um, about really telling the stories of the people that were behind the military member, the people that were left behind when that ship sails off or when that, you know, um, when they get deployed overseas, because that's to me where the real story is. Like mm. obviously a lot of the time the focus is on the military member and, oh, yes, they're, they're protecting our country and they're going off and doing this great thing, but um, the, the spouses are back doing a great thing as well and I wanted to acknowledge that and really um, connect people through our stories um, by just basically telling people's stories. And and that's what I've been doing with the podcast. I've just been basically just telling people's stories. It's it, it might not be anything that they think is that significant, but when another military spouse is listening to it and thinking, wow, they've really been through um, something similar to me and they got through and they coped and this is how they did it and wow, I can do it. Or, you know, next time my husband's deployed, maybe I could do what they did and get mm. through a little bit better. Um, so basically, yeah, just telling people's stories and connecting us that way. And then hopefully in the near future, it'll be um, face-to-face connections, but we'll just wait and see how that pans out for now. And why did you choose a podcast as the medium um, to tell those stories? I guess a podcast is um, accessible to everyone, which mm-hmm. is key to military spouses because we're anywhere and everywhere across Australia and um, overseas and and basically you can access that and it's free for anyone to access and um, is just something that we can listen to while we're looking after the kids day in, day out or while we're on the, on the way to our jobs or we can just tune in from anywhere and everywhere and uh yeah I just wanted people to have access because a lot of the time um the support services that are offered at the moment are really tailored to um I guess people coming to new areas who want to meet other military spouses and maybe make some friends but a lot of the time they are you know maybe on a Wednesday at 10 a.m and not everyone can get to a Wednesday at 10 a.m. catch up because they're either um, maybe uh, working or they get to an area and they are sorting themselves out and they just can't um, access those um, services yet or they are scared 
to go face to face and um, put themselves out there again. And I guess it's just a um, easy way for them to access um, support and get that um, real connection with people through their real stories. Because um, I just find that when people start to open up, they really, really open up and without realizing it, they're like, wow, I didn't even realize that um, I'd been through that or that I had that much to say to you. And um, thanks for letting me share it. And yeah, I guess other people are benefiting from that. So it's really good. And Beck, those are the services that you mentioned in terms of the meetups. What kind of organizations are, are running those? Are they the, is that the actual organizations themselves or other community groups? Um, so basically we have an organization called um, the Defense Community Organization and they are funded through um, government, government funding mm-hmm. um, and through defense. So they um, offer, I guess, um, family liaison officers through their services, um, which is more so for, for when you move into a new area, you, um, I guess, receive an information pack about the new area that you've moved to and they also have um, people on hand for information when maybe you have like a family emergency and you need to get in contact with your military member who might be overseas. So it's more so um, support services for when um, I guess you need to get in contact with your military member or, you know, something's happening in your family that um, you might need um, some support around um, mm. maybe like a special needs um, situation or um, anything like that. They are there for you to call on um, whenever you need and they can give you support or, or um, they can direct you to the, the support that you can access. But um, they're not uh, telling real stories. They're not going through it on a day-to-day basis. They're, mm. they're, um, they're not actually in the trenches as a military spouse experiencing what we experience day to day. So I guess um, that's where they lack. But um, I guess they can't do that. They're a government organisation and that's not what they're there for. But hopefully military wife life is sort of filling that gap for people. Yeah, it it definitely sounds like it. When your partner is... um, coming home you know you mentioned over the past 18 months he's been gone for about 12 of those months when the ship is on the way back what is your preparation like that both for yourself personally but also for your um your children how do you sort of prepare for that homecoming um I guess everyone does it differently but the way that I do it is I kind of actually don't focus on it a lot because with the military things do change at the last minute and right. you might be counting down five days to go and they call and say, okay, it's another two weeks before we get home. So with a seven-year-old and a four, four-year-old, uh, yeah, that's not a great uh, way to uh, let them know that their mm-hmm. dad's now going to be ho- uh, gone for another 14 sleeps on top of the five. So um, we don't really do countdowns and things like that. We um, we just um, talk about dad as often as we can. And if he can FaceTime with us, that's a bonus. And um, a few times he's been out of FaceTime, like during my daughter's soccer game or um, things like that, which has been awesome. Um, mm. Wi-Fi is just the best thing ever. And um, international roaming is the best thing ever. He's, mm. he's Skyped in from or FaceTimed from international locations before to um, be a part of an event. But yeah, so really like we just keep things as normal as possible. And then I guess 
when it's the day before he's getting back, then we start to get excited because it's rare that um, things will get changed the day before. It can happen, but it's very rare. So we sort of start to get excited the day before and we'll we'll um, we'll do a banner for him coming home and, and turn it into a, this big exciting thing and then um, we'll go to the wharf and wait for the ship to come back and then um, I guess the hard part starts because then he's back and you kind of have to, have to relearn how to live with each other and how to parent together and how um, the girls cope with having two parents and two ways of doing things and, and um, yeah, so it's, it's, it kind of is a bit harder when they actually come home as opposed to them being away because, um, yeah, you've got the sort of, I guess, um, the distance makes the heart grow fonder and then they get home and they want to change things around or they wonder why this has moved or changed or, um, yeah, so it's kind of like a relearning process when they get back. And in terms of the girls, <coughs> sorry. Um, <coughs> And in terms of the girls and their behaviour and routines when your partner's home, is it almost like a bit of a novelty and they try to, you know, push boundaries a little bit or try things on a little bit more than what they would because it's almost like the novelty? It's like when the grandparents are there or something like that? Um, When my husband gets home, it's kind of like they put on their best behavior for him and oh that's good yeah I know I'm, I'm like uh literally it has not been like this for the last six months um when I send <laughs> look at my those... gray hairs this exactly is it's been <laughs> look at my wrinkles I now need Botox if I <laughs> I don't have it but I need it um look at uh like I'll send him texts along the way or emails or whichever way we're communicating and mm-hmm. can get through um you know today has not been a good day this happened this ha- that happened rah 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 mm-hmm. And yeah, he'll get home. Like, what are you talking about? But it only takes a couple of weeks for that to wear off. And then he's like, oh, okay. Yep. The four and a half year old is, you know, looking at the seven year old the wrong way. And then it starts a fight. And yeah. Yeah. So he knows on a day to day basis after a couple of weeks what it's really like. But yeah, they do put on a good behavior for him when he gets back because I guess it's all exciting. And um, yeah, once dad raises his voice, once they remember, okay, yep, not going to do that again. <laughs> he means yeah. business. Yeah, well, because they don't actually ho- have him home a lot, well, mm-hmm. not in the last three years. And so, yeah, I guess they don't really know what his boundaries are, whereas they know how to push mine and, and how far they can push mine. Yeah, yeah, definitely. In terms of the people that come to Military Wife Life for support, are there certain people that um, really stand out to you that make you really proud that to know that that person has received help and support because of you like are there certain women or men that have come through um your pages and your groups that um really stand out for you I guess um what I've learned is basically that deep down we all just want and need the same thing and that it doesn't matter how long you've been a military spouse or how high up your partner is on the rank scale. Not that that is a factor in this community. We don't um, focus on any of that, but Mm. um, we're all just people craving connection and real friendships. Like we, you know, when you're sitting in a posting location and you've got no friends and you're feeling isolated and alone, like that's a pretty crappy place to be. Mm. And when I can get a message from someone saying, um, I read your post and that's exactly how I'm feeling or um, 
I didn't realize that someone else was feeling that way and you've made me feel less alone or um, I, I'm so happy I found this page or listened to a podcast episode because um, I've found my people. Like you basically read my mind. Like that, it just takes one message from someone saying that and, you know, I know that I'm on the right track because mm. um, I was that one person 10 years ago and now hopefully lots of other people are that person but they're they're feeling like they're part of something bigger and and not so alone anymore. Mm. Have there been times um, since you started Military Wife Life that you've thought, you know what, I need to just pull back from this, I need to just take care of myself first instead of trying to take care of everybody else as well? Um, I don't think so because... Basically, I'm getting just as much from the community as what I hope other people are getting. Yeah. It has being able to write about how I'm really feeling and put it out there and then have a hundred other people say, Yep, I'm in exactly the same boat or I'm feeling exactly the same way, um, has just been the best thing ever. Like I just I'm in such a good place compared to any other time when my husband's been away or any other experience I've had with military life, I'm just in the best, best place. And that's because I've, I've felt like I've had this community behind me. And then obviously I'm hoping that other people are sitting at home feeling like this community's behind them as well. So um, I haven't felt like I've had to step back. I've maybe sometimes the workload has gotten a bit much only because, you know, sick kids and mm. all that comes with being a solo parent and um, managing a house and looking after two dogs and keeping on top of the lawns and the washing the car and all that sort of stuff that you, you do that's extra because your partner's away. Mm. It's maybe gotten a little bit much, but I guess I fall towards my community as opposed to pulling away because they, they just lift me back up when I need it, I guess. So and I guess they can understand better than anyone. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, I mean, the, the, the times when I've been most vulnerable and let people in and, and told them how I'm really going or what's really happening or what I'm really feeling mm. are the times that um, I've had the most messages, the most um, responses, the most comments um, lifting me back up. Like you can, you can do it. It's okay. Mm. Um, we're here for you. Um, this community is um, really helping me keep going. Um, yeah. So it's just been awesome to see it sort of unfold like that because I, I kind of had a gut feeling that hopefully other people would um, need it. But, yeah, until I started it, I just didn't really know how much people were craving it. If there's people listening that are thinking, you know, that there's a group or, or they are part of a group in the community that could use some additional support and they think, you know what, I could start something but they're, you know, doubting themselves or unsure where to start, what are some things that you would say to someone like that if they approached you and thought, you know, this is what I'm thinking about doing? Yeah, I guess um, like I had my idea a long time ago, but I just didn't actually know what it was going to be. Like I had that feeling that I needed to start something, but I just didn't know. So I guess I just sat with it and waited it for the right time. And then when I felt like it was the right time, I just put it out into the universe and I thought if I'm meant to start it, it'll happen. And I guess um, 
if you deep down, if you're supposed to go ahead with something, it'll it will evolve. Like you'll you just have that gut instinct that you're supposed to do it. And um it won't for me, go away. No, no, you you'll just keep thinking, should I start it? Shouldn't I? But I guess um if you don't give it a go, you'll always wonder. Trying it and saying, Yeah, I gave it a shot is better than regretting that you never even tried it. So mm. um and then for me also I I basically just said to the universe, okay, you need to start giving me some signs because I'm a bit like that. I need some signs to to send me on my way and mm. the signs kept coming and um, just some personal little things that uh, are signs to me and um, I had like a couple of signs in a row, like a couple of weeks in a row and then I was actually on um, drop just dropped the girls off at preschool and school and I usually go for a, like a morning run after I've dropped them off and I just said to my, I said, in my head, okay, I just need one more sign and then I'm going, I'm going to do it. I'm just going to do it. And then literally uh, two minutes later, there was a sign. I'm like, okay, I've got to do it. So yeah. I've, I've got to stick to what I told myself. So I was yeah. just took steps from there to go forward and do it. But yeah, I guess, yeah, if you're not into signs, then just trust your gut and, and just take that first step. And if it's meant to be, it'll be. Definitely agree with you. And I think, um, you know, one of the things that I've heard consistently through the almost 30 episodes we've done for the podcast now is where people are just like, you know, I had this idea and I thought, oh, someone else will do it, but it it didn't go away. And then I guess the more they were kind of in tune with that idea or aware of that idea, then signs would pop up where it just kept going, you know, just kept telling them, yes, you're on the right track. Like this is something that you need to do or you need to find someone to do it with if you can't do it on your own. And um, they were just so much more aware of those signs coming through them once they'd really started looking for them. And I guess that that idea just then never went away and just kind of kept niggling to go, yes, do it, do it, do it. Yeah, exactly. And I guess obviously I've been a military spouse now for 17 years, nearly 18 years. And when I first started up, I, I when I first um, became a military spouse, I I don't think I would have ever been able to do a community like this because I didn't have the experience of okay, well we've posted here and we've lived apart and we've lived together and now we've had kids and so we've had a fair few different experiences of military life and mm. and the ups and downs and and how to cope with it and um, you know positive and negative and all that sort of stuff and I guess. I just kind of realized that looking back that whatever experience it is, um, and I always say this to my community, hard is hard. It doesn't matter if your partner was away for one month or six months, it's hard. If if that one month was hard for you, then it was hard. If then it's hard, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've had a worse time over the last three weeks with my husband being away. He's only away for three weeks this time. Mm. And I think what I did for the six months that he was away because we just had back-to-back sickness and mm. I've had no time to decompress and have any time to myself because I've had sick kids hanging off me. And and for me that's that's a lot because I'm not a 24-7 mum. Like I need to have work and I need to um, go for my runs and and all of that has been lacking in my life for the last three weeks um, as opposed to when my husband was away for the six months. So it's whatever hard is hard to you is hard. Like, yeah. and we, we need to acknowledge that and put our hand up and say, I'm having a crappy time and my husband's only been gone for two weeks, but the car broke down and the dog ran away and I had to go find it with two kids in the back of the car. And then one of them got sick and I had to take all of the kids to hospital at two in the morning. Like, 
that's hard. That's yeah. that's a that's a hard week compared to three months of smooth sailing. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Becky, if people want to find out a little bit more about the work that you're doing and if they're in a situation that um, you know, it makes them uh want to be a part of that community based on on the work that their partner is in, where is the best way for them to find out more about military wife life? Yeah, so they can go to the website, which has got all the details, which is www.militarywifelife.com.au, or they can just search Military Wife Life for um, uh, Facebook or Instagram, and then we've got the podcast. So there's, um, yeah, lots of ways that they can find us, and I'm always up for people sending messages. Um, I'll always respond or emails, whichever they want, whichever way they want to contact me. Um, yeah, I'll always respond and and um, let them know of any other services that they're they're after if we're not um, giving them what they need through Military Wife Life. So, Awesome. As Beck said, um, the website there is militarywifelife.com.au and you can find links there to Beck's contact details, their Facebook and Instagram, and also Beck's awesome podcast. Beck, thank you so much for coming on. I know you mentioned about, you know, it's being really important for you to have time for yourself, especially in the last few weeks when you've had your little sick one at home. And I know she's being very well behaved in the other room, letting you have um, some time to chat with me. So thank you. I am very grateful for your time because I know it's precious and you probably don't get a huge amount of um, time just for yourself at the moment. So thank you um, so much for coming on the podcast. Um, please jump on to Beck's website and show her some some support. If there's anyone in your world that um, sort of fits the criteria of the people that Beck is supporting, please feel free to share this episode or tag them in one of Beck's social media posts. It's a really great way to help Beck's community grow and to give your family and friends the support that they may need um, and to allow them to be surrounded by people that are living a very similar life to them and really can um, appreciate the struggles that they may have having a military spouse. Um, if you would like to learn more about the podcast, uh, the Bold Platform podcast, you can do that at theboldplatform.com and links there to our Instagram and Facebook as well. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Bold Platform podcast. And Beck, thank you so much again for coming on and sharing some information about military wife life.